three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter. Here, hope you guys are having a great. Uh, weekend or week whenever you're listening to this so I've got a review for the babysitter killer queen which is the sequel to the babysitter this film uh, the 2017 uh, film this is once again directed by Mick G who of course you know from Chuck and uh, Nikita the Charles Angels films Terminator Salvation just name a couple things and it's written this time uh, by Dan uh, Lagana who uh, is a executive producer or was an executive producer on uh, American Vandal, which uh, was that Netflix uh, true crime satire uh, about the the cars that are being vandalized with dicks, which was hilarious. Um, it's amazing that he's the writer for this. So if you've seen The Babysitter, which if you haven't, why are you watching this uh, movie? Why are you listening to this review? But... <laughs> This movie picks up with Cole a couple years later. He is a junior now, and him and his neighbor, uh, Melanie, uh, Judah Lewis, once again, playing Cole, Emily Elaine Lind playing Melanie, once again, they are still going to school together. Things are getting a little closer between uh, Cole and Melanie. Melanie has this Douche, this douche snarls of a boyfriend uh, whose name I cannot remember, but they go ahead and they're talking, they're chilling. Cole, unfortunately, and I gotta be honest, if there is a complaint, and I'm just getting this out of the way now, it is very convenient because apparently B basically got rid of all the evidence before uh, Cole's co- uh, the Cole's family the cops got there, so, you know, they just see a giant car uh, through uh, through his parents' house. So, Cole's been basically living with this paranoia for the last two years because no one believes him that everything he said happened actually happened, which I thought was an interesting take, but admittedly, it's a bit of a tough pill to swallow just because I thought, really, there's no evidence? Okay, fine. But Cole is basically on medication. His parents are wanting him to take medication um Archie and Phyllis played by Ken Marino and Leslie Bibb respectively and Cole is telling them like look I'm not crazy I'm not crazy and so Cole is leaving for school one day and notices a flyer to a psych ward that his parents are going to pick him up from during lunch and take him to and so he tells uh he tells Melanie about it and he's freaking out rightfully so Melanie goes hey don't worry about it a bunch of us are going to the lake you should come with us and so Cole of course takes her up on offer she steals her dad's car uh, Melanie does her dad Juan played by Chris Wilde and I gotta be honest Chris Wilde has always bothered me <laughs> I just think Chris Wilde is a goober so it was very funny to see him once again, playing the douchey dad, uh, a role that he's very good at playing, might I add. And so they go to the they go to the beach or to the lake, and 
go figure all the characters from the last film uh come back uh come back again so we get the return of max played by robbie uh, robbie amell and i gotta be honest i i just i love robbie amell in this role if robbie amell could just play this role over and over again until the end of time i'd be really okay with that uh hannah may lee playing sonia once again uh, Allison played again by everyone's favorite person because only fans, Bella Thorne. And of course, um, why am I blanking on the last one's name? It's the black dude. Oh my God, that's terrible. Um, uh, John played by Andrew Batchworth. So normally I kind of dip more into spoilers, but I am going to kind of dance around some stuff here because there is some, there are some callbacks to the first film that I really appreciate. And the film the biggest strength of the film is that the sequel goes ahead and references several things from the first film. So you really do need to have watched the first film in order to follow this one. I know some people might kind of scoff at that, but it's true. You really do need to have watched the first film to understand and appreciate everything for this one. I would actually do a double feature like my partner and I did. I actually think that would actually be a very good idea, but this movie works, I think, for me better than the first one for a couple reasons. Yes, this is a sequel, and sequelitis is a thing, but the way that they are brought back, I did find very interesting, and I went, okay, th this, this works, and we're introduced to a new character, uh, Phoebe, who's played by uh, Jenna Ortega, and you've she really hasn't done a lot of stuff she was i guess she's on uh, she was on jane the virgin she's like the young version of jane uh she was on let me see really just a lot of uh oh richie rich was a tv show okay so she was on that uh she's really just kind of been uh she's in stuff here and there but i don't think anything too substantial and I want to see Jenny Ortega in more stuff. She has a, a very, very, very calming screen presence about her. She's very witty. The way her character is written, she's able to bounce off of uh, Judah Lewis's Cole very, very easily. And I really love the chemistry they have. And given the circumstances they're in, they are just kind of thrown together almost just by uh, coincidence and by the situation they're in. The deaths in here, I think, are more clever than the first time around. I appreciate the fact that they got out of the neighborhood. They didn't just have them go back to the house or anything like that. It is a different setting. They're in a more wide open space. I do appreciate the change up because it does keep things fresh, um, which I actually really appreciate. There are the, the thing about this, too, is that the humor is still there. There the scene that initially feet were introduced to Phoebe, she <laughs> she comes in and she talks about how the first thing she says is how she thinks snakes are the are completely misunderstood. She goes back and forth between her favorite film being Deliverance or a Rob Reiner film, and then she talks about how she's nine days late. And the class rightfully so is kind of like whoa, whoa, whoa what? And <laughs> and she clearly is one of those people who finds genuine joy in making people uncomfortable, which I appreciate because making people uncomfortable can be very fun. And 
her and Cole, like the fact that Cole is so uncomfortable because of the situation he's in and the fact that she kind of thrives off being uncomfortable, their friendship really works because of that. And I found that uh, incredibly, uh, incredibly endearing and a lot of fun going to the lake. There's a point where Cole is, you know, checking out, uh, uh, checking out uh, his friend, checking out Melanie and the, and the cashier at the gas station or the convenience store they stop at goes, oh yeah, she doesn't even like the guy she's with. She clearly likes you and goes ahead and sells him a, a pack of Magnum condoms for a hundred dollars, which apparently he actually, which he actually does buy. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much for condoms. You poor, poor bastard. Uh, there is also a scene where him and Melanie are in uh, two minutes of heaven and <laughs> And Cole has this incredibly witty line because Melanie goes, is that a can of silly string in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? And he goes, no, the silly string's in my left pocket. I was like, okay, I I like that. You, you do get these glimpses, even though Cole is obviously very mentally just exhausted. You know, two years of having his parents question his sanity would drain anyone, any fucking person. I appreciate the fact that Cole still has that charm and Phoebe does bring a lot of that out of him. Uh, I, I really appreciate the way that they, they work off each other. The parents in this bother me. They're in this more than they were in the first one because you know Cole's gone, so they're trying to hunt down Cole, figure out where he is. But it, it really does kind of speak to the fact that the parents just don't believe him at all, just feel like he's a depressed kid. And just as someone who's obviously been through high school it, it, it that bothered me a little bit if i if i'm being honest it, it did bother me i was like ah, okay i don't i don't love that but it's understandable given they're trying to go ahead and just figure out what the hell's wrong with him but the fact that they were so dismissive at points i was like oh, i don't like that but again i'm dancing around a lot of this stuff because it i think this film has quite a few surprises that if you have watched enjoyed the first babysitter that you really will be appreciative and go, oh, hell yeah, I didn't expect that, but I got that. I thought the deaths in this one were a lot, were very, were very varied, say that three times fast. The death for Allison in particular caught me off guard. That was one that I went, oh, wow, okay. Uh, you see it in the trailer, but Allison gets shot in the boob again in a very hilarious way that I went, ha, good callback. There's a lot of callbacks to the first film that really do work here. And the last kind of confrontation was very tense for me. And again, I, again, I'm trying to dance around stuff. I don't want to give away everything away. A lot of stuff that was said in the first film is tied back uh, in this. And that's something I really did appreciate. There are going to be these things where you are going to go, oh yeah, they referenced that, or oh, they referenced this. And the ending of this film in particular directly ties into something that they made a point to address in the first film. So again, you really do need to watch the first film, I think, to appreciate this one to its, uh, to its full potential. But you are, again, rewarded if you go ahead and watch the first film and uh, make it worth your time. And it definitely is worth your time. Uh, the one other thing I will spoil is that uh, in the first film, Cole tried to kick Max in the dick and he missed. And 
And Max even makes a point going, ah, oh, you missed my dick. He's like, and that's insulting because it's a because it's enormous. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but I remember going, ha, ha, ha. and this time, straight kicking the dick. I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> there you go. I I appreciate that callback. And Max is the exact same way as he was in the first one. He's like cheering Cole on, make it through the night. He's like, oh, Cole, like you learn. I'm proud of you. But like as he's holding his dick, I was like, okay, that that's really quite funny. And the film. Mick G's came uh, has uh, come out recently. I want to say last week, and even said he hopes this is a trilogy. I'll be the first to admit I don't really know where you would go for a third film. But if Mick G and uh, Dan Lagana, or even the you know the the, the first writer um, uh, Brian something, I'm blank on his name, but if either uh, Dan uh, if Dan or Brian Duffield, if either one of them have uh, have it in them to write another script as good as the first or second film, I say, hell yeah, bring it, because I'd like to see this in a trilogy if they could end it correctly. Um, <laughs> the thing I'll say in closing that is in so endearing, just like in the first one, is that, you know, Cole's a young, Cole's a young kid in the first one, and he goes through this experiment and he becomes stronger coming out the other side. This really is about him validating what he went through in the first film and continuing, uh, still continuing to grow, given the insanely shitty hand that he's been dealt. I, there was multiple points I was looking over at my partner and I was like, God, Cole can't catch a break. Like this poor bastard, like he's trying so hard. And he just cannot catch a break with the shit hand that he keeps getting dealt with these fucking, you know, Satan uh, you know, these blood worshippers going ahead and hunting him down. The film also does flesh out some more of the uh, mythology between uh, behind what they've set up, it, which is something I did appreciate. And I will just say, pay attention to everything in this movie because a lot more stuff will connect at the end than you'll probably think. And that's the last thing I'll say because I don't, I really don't want to spoil anything, but. This was a lot of fun. I had a blast watching this. I actually personally like it better than the than the first one for me. Uh, okay, promise. Last thing I'll say. I got a la really hard laugh, and it's just it's just emotion. But Allison does a superhero landing. Whenever I see that, I just think Deadpool now. So that was something that I I got a very good laugh out of, and they have a surprisingly sweet albeit sad uh way to go ahead and bring up alice in wonderland which i thought was actually very uh that was very interesting i was like okay i i, I like that uh this is a solid a for me i thought this was a lot of fun i i i gave the first one an a minus i actually think this is an improvement over the first one um there is a twist that the trailer intentionally hides from you which is why i'm not bringing it up here that once the film gets going, you kind of go, oh, son of a bitch, really? And it and it really does fuel the movie. That twist, and it, again, it's about maybe a third of the way through when the movie really kicks in the, that next gear that I really was like, wow, that, that was really well done. Well played, film. So I really appreciate this, and this is well worth your time. It's a little longer. Uh, then the first one, the first one's like 85 minutes. This is like an hour 44. Uh, there is more to flesh out in this movie for me. And I found the 
the last confrontation incredibly satisfying. So definitely worth your time, guys and gals. You should go ahead and check it out. But uh, Babysitter Killer Queen, what did you think of it? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Go ahead and like our Facebook page at The Real Pineapple. That's our E-E-L Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. You can go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, TuneUp, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this week for the Umbrella Academy Season 1 and 2. And we will have a trailer review for the Dune trailer that came out. And I will have my thoughts on uh, huh, other stuff, probably. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe out there, especially if you're on the West Coast. We've got fires burning right now. Please, please stay inside if you can. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.